You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, tonight we're going to be picking up with where we left off on our shirim on the inner world of trauma. Now, what we spoke about last week, uh, a few weeks ago before our hiatus, was the idea that ultimately the human being needs to accept upon themselves the basic recognition that the splitness of the self or the tornness of the self or the double nature of the self is not some symptom of a post-traumatic cataclysm, but rather it is the very fabric out of which a human being is meant to sew their experience. Echad haya Avraham, Avraham Avinu was one, Pasuk says, Binachman tells us that this notion of Avraham Avinu being unified is the essential quality of what it means to be a Jew in this world. And the Svarim tell us that this Echad, this Ma'achid, this koach of unification, of sewing things back together, implies that Avraham Avinu's job was not to live within absolute unity, but rather to hold the two folds of this torn fabric of reality together, to sew it back together, to be a taifrna alayim. Like Chanuch, we're told, was sewing his shoes. The act of sewing is the act of connecting disparate parts, of making unity out of disunity to create an even deeper level of unity when it's revealed that both sides of the individual, both sides of the experience are working towards the same goal, thereby glorifying the unity, because now unity is found even in splitness. And this is true with regards to the depths of ourselves as well, whether it's the Nefesh of Bahamas and the Nefesh of Likus, Adam 1 versus Adam 2, the Seichel versus the Dimyon. As Rav Kook said that, they spoke very well that my soul is torn, because everything is torn. And as we saw from the Leshem Shemai Vachleima, this tornness, this splitness goes to the very, very top. It goes to the Yisoyed Hapina, it goes to the Evan HaYisoyed, the foundation stone of this worldly experience that rests at the apex of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's desire. The highest level of the foundation is split into two. It breaks up into Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David, the Sugi of David and Shaul. Everything has already been split. And therefore, our job is not to live in a seamless unity that doesn't make room for any creases or folds, but rather it's to find the unity within the folds, within the concealment of the self, within the elements of ourselves that are ruptured. And the fact that we have warring desires within ourselves and that we have Yetzirah Tov and that we have Yetzirah, that's not a post-symptomatic experience, a post-traumatic fall, but rather that's the very fabric of what it means to be a human being. What we're going to talk about today is going to be one of the symptoms that come out of trauma, and that is uncertainty. Uncertainty and doubt, we'll use the words interchangeably more often than not, but uncertainty is more of the framework in which a person experiences life, that life is uncertain, 
And doubt is the experience that an individual has when they encounter a circumstance where it's not clear whether something is one way or something is another way. Uncertainty gives birth to doubts. Doubts are a symptom of uncertainty, but the ground upon which a human being lives in this world is an uncertain ground. After the original cataclysm, after the original Tzimtzum and Shvira Sakelim, we encounter the creation of human beings where things were almost put back together. They almost put things back together. Adam and Chava were given the ability to wait till Shabbos, if they could wait till Shabbos, to be miyachid yichudim, to taste of the Eitzachayim, to taste of that tree of life where life would become seamless again, where the traumas would re be revealed to be the foundation rooted in the six days of creation, rooted in the unconscious desire of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to create a world. Had we wait. It, had we waited until Shabbos to partake of the Eitz Adas Tovarah, everything would have been unified and the trauma would have been healed. And all of the tears, the mechitzos and the separations and the partitions that mark the territory of this worldly experience and the corners and the turns in which a human being loses sight of that which is most significant or that was, is true, stood at the ready to be healed. The Pasuk says, I have made a mechitza and I will heal it which means to say that the machitza that was created in reality, the tear at the very fabric, at the very texture of reality, stood at the ready to be healed, to be sewed back together, to be put together again. But Adam and Chava partook of the Yitzhadas prior to Shabbos, and we re-engaged in the trauma. It was a secondary experience of the trauma. The Shvira Sakhalim takes place again, and we encounter all of the diminutions and all of the descent that the human being stood at the ready to fix. Everything was broken once again. And in this brokenness, what we fall into, like we spoke about, is a world of doubt. We fall into a world of separation. We fall into a world where our desire is not always in line with our action, and our actions are not always in line with our intentions, and that there's a fissure between the ideal and the real. In other words, we live in a post-traumatic culture. We live in a post-traumatic reality. And one of the key symptoms of the post-trauma of that shattering of things falling apart and the center not holding and this overwhelming cataclysmic breakage of what was meant to be and suddenly being thrown into the reality of what is, which very often stands in stark distinction to what we think is supposed to be or the should, what is very often seems to be in opposition to the should, what psychologists and theorists of trauma refer to the, the, as the tyranny of the should, living in a shadow of knowing that there was meant to be some idealized way that life was supposed to manifest, yet always being a step or two beyond that, feeling that things should be a better way, I should be better, they should be better, things should look better. And the problem is that we live in a reality that doesn't live up to those shoulds. And because we can't live up to those shoulds, which were the possibility prior to the head of the Yitzhadas, we live stuck in the middle between the real self and the ideal self, between the should and the is. And as a result of that, we find ourselves caught up and mixed up and muddled up in between the two polarities of how things actually are and how we feel that things are supposed to be. But one of the key outgrowths of this chet of the Yitzhadas, this re-traumatization of the self, this re-traumatization of reality, this reopening of the wound that was at the very site of the inception of reality, is the experience of the Eitzadas Tevera. And as we've spoken about in the past in numerous shirim, the tzaddikim of Ishbitz and Radzin, some of the tzaddikim, the base medrash of Ishbitz and Radzin, is the Torah of post-trauma. The Torah of Ishbitz and Radzin doesn't speak to an individual until they understand the trauma of reality. It is the birthplace of understanding what it means to be a human being post the fall. 
like we've said so often in the name of the Meshilo, and his grandson, the Sayyid Sharm, as well as his son, Rabbi Yaakov of Ishbitz, that Chazal tell us that it would have been easier for an individual, would have been more pleasant for an individual to have not been created than to have been created. Pay attention to the words of Chazal. It's very precise. It doesn't say it doesn't say it would have been better for the person not to have been created, God forbid. It simply says it would have been easier to teach us that this world is the opposite of easy. This world is the opposite of attention. This world is the opposite of being able to be mindful. As Rav Tzadak HaKohen Melablin teaches us in the first teaching of Rasisei Laila, when Chazal tell us, I in my entire lifetime never had kavana, is because existence is the opposite of kavana. Existence is tirda. Existence is struggle. Existence is effort. Existence is the process. And that stands in stark opposition to the presence of being present in this moment. And so when the tzaddikim of Ishbitz and Radzin describe to us the post-facto nature of what it means to live in a world after the chet of Eitzadas, after the descent into that secondary reacting, reenactment of the original trauma of creation, what they refer to the Eitzadas Toivarah as is Ilana Desveka, the tree of doubt, the tree of uncertainty. Now this is a phrase that doesn't have precedent. There's a statement in the Tikkun Ezar and Tikkun Mem Zayin where the Eitzadas Toivarah is referred to as Ilana de Irbuvia, the tree of admixture, and admixture might signify an, a certain element of uncertainty because there's two elements mixed up in one, and it's no longer clear which is which and what is the origin of which. But Ilana de Seka, the tree of doubt, is not necessarily something that we have precedent towards. But as we understand, this is exactly the, the condition, this is the post-traumatic condition of this worldliness. We don't know. It's not certain how things are going to go. Things were supposed to go one way. The trajectory of history was meant to go one way. Other Munchaf were supposed to fix everything. But comes along the Nachash, comes along the secondary interruption towards the specific course in which human life and human reality is meant to take. And it pushes off our course. It's an interruption. It's a seduction. Something from the outside comes and influences the individual and drives them off course. The trauma. The trauma that emerges from the outside of the individual, as well as the trauma that emerges from the inside of the individual. And as a result of that trauma, as a result of that deviation, of course, we find ourselves living in a world of uncertainty. Not only that, but after partaking of the chayt of the Yitzhadas, after entering into the world of Ilana Desveka, the tree of doubt, what we find is that Adam and Chava are, are mugrash from Gan Eden. They're kicked out, they're divorced from Gan Eden, they're exiled. A third trauma being displaced, no longer being in the right place, cursed to wander, cursed to feel that wherever we are is not where we're meant to be, and that we're always one step beyond or one step before the exact destination, always cut through with a sense of anxiety, always cut through with a sense of not knowing whether this is where I should rest or whether I should go a little bit further. And we're told that the thing blocking Adam and Chava from re-entering into that Garden of Eden, from re-entering into the Eitzachayim, where things would be clarified again with the vada'ut, with the certainty that human beings crave so desperately, is the lahat ha'cherev ha'mesapechet, is the fiery rotating swords that the Kruvim were holding at the entrance of Gan Eden. And as we spoke about in the name of Rav and the other tzaddikim, that the lahat ha'cherev ha'mesapechet means that there's a brilliance that is rotating back and forth to and fro at every moment. It's not clear whether it's here or there, whether it's there or here, whether it's up or down or down or up, right or left, left or right. That the thing, the very thing blocking us re-entrance into the Garden of Eden to rectify the chait of the Eitzadas or that Ilana Desveka, 
The one thing blocking us is doubt itself, is uncertainty. I don't know if it's here. I don't know if it's there. I don't know what's going to happen next. And we see that as a result of these cataclysmic traumas, as a result of the splitness of the self, as a result of this unfolding that seems to stutter in its process, we find ourselves as human beings thrown into and cut through with a deep sense of uncertainty as to what tomorrow is going to bring and what the next moment is going to bring. And we find ourselves living in a world of doubt. Now this doubt, this uncertainty is ultimately one of the key symptoms that takes place after an individual has experienced trauma. Because as we've spoken about so often, trauma is a disruption to the natural flow that a human being has developed in life. Human beings are habituated creatures. We want to live in a habitat. We want to be in the home that we're supposed to be in. A person is not a person until they have a rightful place, a chair to sit on. And the thing about a habitat, the thing about a home, the thing about a habit is that it's expected. It's not unexpected. I've done it yesterday. I've done it the day before. I've done it the day before that. I've done it the day before that day before. And ultimately, I've come to be habituated in my expectations as to what is going to emerge out of this encounter, out of this engagement. Habituation and habits and habitats are the opposite of uncertainty. They're known. I know where things are in my home. I know where the forks are. I know where the sheets are. I know where the pillows are. I know where I can find what I need to find. And when I come into my home, there's a certain sense of familiarity, a certain sense of I know how things are misudar. There's a seder. Things are operating in an order. And that's what human beings want. We want that habituated nature. We want to trust we want to develop habits and feel assured that what has happened the day before will happen the next day. And just as the sun rose a week ago, it's going to rise afterwards. As just as my loved one has been with me this week, they're going to be with me the next week. And just as the people I place my trust in have been there for me, sturdy and trustworthy, this week, I expect them to be there next week. And the structures of power and the structures of order in my life that have become so secure and that I assume are going to exist until the end of time, my expectation is that they will continue. And that which happens continues to happen, as Kohelas tells us. The trauma is the sudden disruption to the expectation of what is going to take place as a result of our habituated actions. Meaning, for example, like we spoke about in terms of a lowercase t trauma, not a capital T trauma, but a lowercase t trauma. Let's say every day I get up in the morning at eight o'clock in order to get to work at 845. I check the weather report, I check the traffic report, and I get all the news that I need from the weather and the traffic report. And I know that it's my time to leave at eight o'clock and to get to work at 845. And I do this day in and day out for numerous years. Suddenly, unbeknownst to me, there's a car accident. And instead of getting to work at 845, suddenly I get to work at 9.30. That's enough to be considered a lowercase t trauma because the unexpected has emerged into my expectations of what is normal. Trauma is the sudden breakdown of the normal process in which life flows. And it's going to be relative in accordance with the severity of that disruption. But what trauma is, is a disruption towards that which was expected. And once that which was expected is interrupted, once that natural habituated state, those habits that I've developed, my expectations about myself, the world and other people have been shattered and they show themselves to be flimsier than I had come to expect. What the human heart is cut through is a deep sense of anxiety and uncertainty because, oh my God, I had thought that all of these things continued to happen because this is how things had to happen. This was the certainty that rests at the core of reality. And suddenly I realized due to a one day revelation that it's not certain I recognize the contingency of my plans, 
I recognize that things are a lot more random than I give myself credit to. And just because it hasn't happened, just because things haven't broken apart, doesn't mean they'll never break apart. I come to be shattered and traumatized because now when I try and go to work the next day at eight o'clock, at a certain level of my heart, it's going to be filled with uncertainty. Will there be a traffic jam today or will there not be a traffic jam today? A shattering of my expectations gives birth to an uncertainty in relationship to my expectations. And again, we're explaining this on a very light level, but this can be applied on every level to the point that the uncertainty of what a person can trust and what a person can't trust can become paralyzing. There are many mishalim, especially in the Zaira Kadosh, with regards and Tehillim, Davan Malkin Mashiach, with regards to life being compared to a path, a path that one walks upon, a path that one walks down towards a particular destination. Now, as children, we develop walking skills and we stumble at first until we gain our legs and we become confident that the ground beneath our feet is going to last, that the sturdy comfort of stability that rests underneath our human endeavors is something that can be taken at first glance and assumed to continue. And we walk and we begin to stop focusing on the ground because we've come to expect that the ground is going to be under our feet. Suddenly, there's an opening in the ground. Suddenly, the mouth of the land opens up. And what is revealed to me is the abysmal depths, the tohoim Rabim, the tohoim el tohoim kaira, the depth cries out the depth. And it reveals to me that, oh my goodness, the sturdy and stability, the stabilized ground that I've been walking upon my entire life, the things that I've taken for absolute granted to be the way they have been because they've always been that way, are not as sturdy as I expected. They've opened up. And that's where the, the rift is. That's where the trauma opens up. That's where the wound appears. And even once that wound heals, even once that is secured back together and the two edges of the abyss are closed back up to give birth to sturdy walking again, nevertheless, the human mind will always be tortured by the splinter of uncertainty with regards to perhaps it's going to be different now. Shema, it's going to be different. Like we said, most human fear emerges from the sudden appearance of that which is unexpected. Do not be afraid of something sudden. We said as Roshe Tevos Pisom is suddenness because in truth, the depth of our anxiety is the uncertainty that things will suddenly reveal themselves to be absolutely different than what I've come to expect. Because what I've come to understand is that the habituated sense of things does not mean that things will be that way tomorrow. And when a human being encounters this type of uncertainty that rests at the core of experience, when a human being realizes on Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah that that in truth, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could undo everything in an instant. And in truth, the stability of reality is based upon absolute nothingness. And that the tzimtzum is based upon the infinite. And that in truth, there is no order and no semblance to how things should go. That's an overwhelming recognition. When we say every morning, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu spreads forth the firm ground upon the water, if we pay attention to the words, what we come to recognize is that in truth, there is a gurgling abyss underneath the sturdy ground that we walk upon. There is a sudden rupture of the unexpected that rests just out of sight in the human mind that has come in contact with the Ilana Desveka and we're filled with uncertainty. And every moment prior to a decision that we make is filled with a question of what if, what if it's going to be different? What if it's going to be bad? What if it's going to be overwhelming? And as a result of this anxiety, as a result of this not knowing, as a result of this uncertainty and the suffix that cuts through the heart of human experience, as a result of that traumatic breakage of what we've come to expect, human beings struggle 
Human beings struggle to force the world to give us a level of certainty that is not available to us. Human beings want sturdy ground to walk upon. We want certainty. We want to know that what I do now will have an impact for tomorrow. And the way things are right now is the way they're going to be tomorrow. And what I have right now is what I'm going to have tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It would be nearly impossible to fall asleep thinking otherwise. We have to place our trust in the stability of things and the continuity of things. But that kernel of trauma that rests in the throat of the individual that gargles our speech and causes us to stutter is that silent whisper that says, Shema, perhaps things might be otherwise. Ulai, they might be different. Pen, perhaps things are going to turn out in a negative way. Chazal, Lashon HaKodesh is so many different languages for the word maybe. Different iterations of maybe, different iterations of doubt, Shema and Safek and Hashra'a and estimation and rove, all of these symptoms of what it means to live in a world where things are no longer certain. And instead of learning how to tolerate, instead of learning how to tolerate the uncertainty, what we do is we fight for certainty. We force the world to offer us a certainty that is not available to us. We want substantiality in the face of a ground that opens itself up and the yawning abyss appears in front of us in each and every one of our individual lives in whatever way it manifests. Any moment that things appear to be otherwise, like we said, Chazal thankfully have the most liberal imaginable opinion as to what it means to be considered someone who suffers. Even the slightest deviation from my will and reality is enough for a Yiddish and Neshama to say, wow, I'm traumatized because in truth the Yid should have whatever they want. A Yid should have whatever they want. We have the koyach to be machriya metzias. Chazal Teresh teaches us the koyach of the Jewish mind, the Jewish heart, the Jewish body. When things don't go our way, that's enough to be considered as being traumatized and to be a Yisurin. And when we encounter this instability at the core of existence, what we do is we force the world to give us certainty. We try and take anything that is questionable and make it certain. We argue our points with absolute certainty, unwilling to give room for an opposition. We assume that if we gather enough, if we raise enough, if we have enough, if we harvest enough, then things will last forever. If we build, build enough buildings and we secure our place in reality that we can slay death itself, which is the greatest of all unexpected events, the impossible possibility that emerges and shatters what we thought was a possible impossibility. And so what human beings do is become addicted to structure. Anything in this life that's going to give us a sense of stability that gives me a feeling of this is exactly how things are going to go becomes a very welcomed medicine, a medicinal salve to the uncertainty that rests at the core of my mind where every moment I say, perhaps it could be different. Even tomorrow things could change as Lubavitch Rebbe said, even tomorrow. Everything can flip in an instant. And to combat that, what we do is we find certainty. And how does a person find certainty? Certainty is where the stirrings of addiction take place. Addiction, an attempt to become connected to something that is going to provide me with a semblance of stability that the world does not offer. 
Let's take substance abuse, for example. That just happens to be the field that I work in, but it's true with regards to any other addiction. And as we spoke about in the Shiraman addiction, we all live within the potential towards addiction, which means that any process or any substance, any behavior, any experience, any thought pattern can be conceivably used in an addictive way if it tries to mitigate and reduce the awareness of how unstable things are in our lives. That's the core, that's the impulse of addiction. It's a desire to grasp a level of certainty and certitude and stability that is not real. It's by no accident that we refer to addiction as substance abuse. Because as Spinoza and all of the other philosophers, when they spoke about the most certain of certain things, God and holiness and all of the things that they wanted to be able to prove with absolute certainty, they referred to it as capital S substance. The substance versus the attribute. And it's not an accident that substance abuse is the same attitude. It's a desire to have something that we can rest on assuredly with absolute certainty without any matter of doubt, to never question it and to know that things like Newtonian physics will continue the way we expect them to continue. A human being's day can be miserable. It could be a no good, very bad, horrible day. Even in Australia and a person and a person, if I know my substance rests for me at the end of this day, I'm good to go because my substance is certain. I know exactly how it's going to make me feel. I know exactly how things are going to settle down when I partake in that particular behavior. The substance at the heart of addiction is less of a pleasurable experience that increases the dopamine in an individual's life and much more of an attempt to bring down a level of certainty in the face of the uncertainty that drives me crazy. No matter how chaotic my day is, if I know that I have my substance of choice, my behavior of choice waiting for me, that's my point of certainty. That is the center that holds everything together. That is the substantiality that I utilize to fight against the uncertainty that rests at the core of reality. And we try with all of our might to make things certain. We try with our power to speak louder, to be more aggressive, in our thoughts to rest assuredly in our assumptions without giving room to any other thought possible, not because we're so sturdy in our assumptions. If I was sturdy in my assumptions, if I truly believed in what I claimed to believe in, then I would be open to questioning. I would be open to the possibility of being wrong. So my unwillingness to give room to questions is because of the flimsiness in which I grab hold of the stability that I've created as a life vest for myself. Nobody can ask me a question on my deeply held beliefs. Why? Because if you undo my deeply held belief, then I have nothing to stand upon. My opinion is the only ground that I'm standing on in the raging waters of this worldliness, in the chaotic tohu vavohu of this worldliness. But Baruch Hashem, the Torah has a different way. Because that stability and that certainty that we so desire, that addiction is driven by, our attempt to regain control after the trauma, after things have fallen apart, it's inaccessible to us. We've come to understand that. The only site of certainty, the only site of something being absolutely stable is Havadai Shemo Kenti Lasso. Havadai Shemo Kenti Lasso. He is certain, his name is certain, and his praise is certain. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu is certain. But that certainty that HaKadosh Baruch Hu provides us with is not the certainty that addiction attempts to quell the raging waters of trauma with. The certainty that addiction offers is a certainty of experience, is a certainty of grasping what is about to happen in my life without question. 
The certainty of grabbing hold of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, however, in the face of a trauma, is a different type of certainty. It's a certainty that is born out of the recognition that all that ever existed was doubt. Because when we come to realize that in truth, doubt is not simply a symptom of trauma. Uncertainty is not simply a symptom of trauma. Uncertainty is the very root condition of what it means to human being who is a created Nivra and not God. Once I am not God, once I am able to recognize that I am not HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that I have not created the world, I am not self-begotten, at that moment, my next recognition is that I am a contingent creature. I am not necessary. I am not a Mechuyev HaMetzias. I am an Efshari HaMetzias. I am a possibility. I do not need to exist. Nothing needs to exist other than HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is the singular Mechuyev HaMetzias. The absolute certainty of, of, of reality. Hashem Elokeicham Emes. It is not dependent or contingent on anything but its own existence. Everything else is contingent and cut through with doubts and contingency. And when a human being comes to recognize that, you know what? Perhaps the reason that I'm struggling with a lack of certainty is not simply because trauma has come along and broken my original level of certainty, but perhaps certainty never existed. Perhaps certainty was never a trait that I had any access to. Uncertainty is the very condition that the human being is born into. To be a human being is to be in a space of uncertainty. Rav Simcha Benim Pshischa says that the word Adam comes from the language of dimyon, of imagination, which means hashra'a, which means estimation, which means how do I react to a reality that I do not know the definitive qualities of? That is the condition of a human being. Like we said in the name of Rav Shimshon Ochoa, that the, the general rule of reality is rove, that we have to go in accordance with the majority because anything else is impossible. We can't have absolute certainty. There is no absolute certainty. The only absolute certainty is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The human being is always cut through with doubt. Ilana Desveka is not only a symptom of the fall, but it's the very condition in which human beings are meant to experience reality. But there's another path. Instead of being terrified in the face of that uncertainty and trying to close it off and use certainty of finding substantiality in whatever behavior it is that gives me a sense of stability or my opinions that I'm unwilling to break or my certainties that I live with and my rigidity, let me open my mind to the fact that the whole world is a world of suffolk. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants the world to be a world of suffix because uncertainty allows me to throw myself into faith. We have been brought up very often with a binary opposition that is simply untrue and also unintelligible. We have been taught that faith and doubt are very often two opposite spectrums of the spiritual and religious experience. That the positive good attributes believe and the negative bad attributes doubt. But in truth, faith and doubt are two sides of the very same coin. They are both reactions to an encounter with reality where the evidence as to what the status of reality is, is deficient. I can either choose to doubt something as a result of the lack of evidence, or I can throw myself into faith and choose to believe in something in spite of the lack of evidence. The gesture of faith, the willingness for human beings to live with a sense of acceptance in their lives, is an acceptance of the fact that things are uncertain, and all I can do is my best. 
All I can do is try and do the right thing in the next right moment and throw myself into a position of faith and throw myself into a position where the mumbling abyss, the tohoim el tohoim koireh, is in fact the essence of what reality is. When we look at the Hebrew word tahom, which means abysmal depths, which is the undoing of all essence, we find it's the same letters as mahus, which means the essence of something. That the mahus and the tahom are one and the same thing. That the essence of reality is that attitude of the abysmal depths, which tell us that there's no stability other than a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And at that point, I can lean into the doubt. At that point, I can lean into the uncertainty and say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I don't know. I've never known. The job is to come to a place of not knowing, as Rabbi Nachman ben Fega tells us. The goal is for me to live a life of accepting the fact that I don't know with the security and the comforting faith that in spite of the fact that I don't know, I know that things are going to be okay. That's the Shairish of Bitachon. The Shairish of Bitachon, which is the way of grappling with that post-traumatic reality of what's going to happen next, is the assumption and the deep awareness that whatever is going to happen next is going to be okay. Whether what happens next is the best for me or whether what happens next is what I truly desire is already a machlokas with regards to the maforshim of what the mitzvah of Bitachon is. But suffice it to say that the only way of grappling with the reality of doubts is to accept those doubts, to live with those doubts, and to find an openness in those doubts. To say, you know what, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I don't know anything. I never knew anything. Let today be a good day. Let this moment be a good moment. Let me do my best to move forward in this moment with the skills and the tools that I have. And anything beyond me, let me throw back up to you. Hashlech Yehav Hashem. This is your world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's okay. It's your doubts. And the Sveikos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu are vados, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows exactly what he's doing. And when I live in a world of uncertainty and I accept the fact that I don't know Rabbanu Shalom, I don't know what's going to be, I don't know what was, I don't know what is, and I don't know what's going to be, at that point, I allow myself to stroll a little bit calmer. Now, this acceptance of doubts, this acceptance of the uncertainty at the core of reality does not mean to negate planning. Planning is an essential attitude that a human being has to have. I have to be mishtadel. I have to wake up each and every morning and ask myself, what is it here that I can control? What is it that I'm in control of today? Let me do every attitude and gesture and action of what is theoretically within my grasp to ensure that it is the best outcome of the day possible. But after I've done that, after I've done my hishtadlis, I give it over to you, HaKadosh Baruch I don't know what's going to happen next, and now it's yours. In that sense, the sveikos, as Rav Kook tells us, give birth to an attitude of satisfaction, which is why the word sipuk, the word for self-satisfaction and being okay, is the same word as suffik. Because as Rav Kook describes, when a person comes to realize that at best, all I can reach is the recognition that things are cut through with doubt, because only HaKadosh Baruch Hu is certain, not the world, not me, not reality, not history, not my experiences, only HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When I acknowledge that at best, all I'm going to encounter in my life is a suffake, is a doubt that gives birth to a muna, at that moment, my sveikos allow me to access sipuk, which is satisfaction. If I am under the impression that I can find certainty in this world, then as long as I haven't found certainty, I will never be satisfied. 
And a person will spend their entire lives fighting for certainty. A person will spend their entire lives running towards some invisible destination that doesn't truly exist, only to come to find at the end of our process that unfortunately we missed the destination, which was the path. But when I come to recognize that at best everything is cut through with suffix, and that's not only a symptom of a trauma, but rather the very fabric in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world so that each and every person can lean into Amuna in the next moment, at that moment, when I recognize that vada'ut and certainty is not something I have access to, I can allow myself to be okay with the doubts. I can allow myself to rest assuredly that in this moment, in spite of the sveikos, I can find sipuk. I don't have to run. Everything is here right now. The Ramah, based on the Ramak, or based on the Radak, tells us that ain simcha kataras sveikos, that there's no joy like the undoing of doubts. And in truth, Hatara Sasveko seems to imply the negation of doubts, as if certainty was the birthplace of joy. But in truth, there's another way of reading it. Ein simcha Katara Sasvekos, Hatara is allowance of something. Like we say by Kol Nidre, Anu Matirim We give ourselves permission to pray with those transgressors, with the transgressions within ourselves. So ain't simcha kataras asvekos, there's no joy like the allowance of doubts, means that the only joy imaginable in my life is going to come when I make room for the doubts in my life. Ah, the world is uncertain. Of course the world is uncertain. I don't know what's going to happen from one moment to the next, which is why all I can do is trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. All I can do is negate my power and give room for the fact that I'm powerless. Rabbi Shalom, you have the power. You have the ability to transform one thing into another. There's a possibility that things can be otherwise at every moment. And so instead of giving in to the all-too-human desire to wrestle an unreasonable amount of certainty out of this world in the guise of substances or objects or certainty, what the Torah HaKadosha teaches us that in the recognition of doubt, what we allow for ourselves is the birthplace of living with doubt, of the recognition that Hashem, everything could be otherwise at every moment. Every moment can be traumatic in the definition of some sudden breakdown of what I've expected. Because Mashiach will also be traumatic. And a Chiddush of Torah is also traumatic. And a Hasaga of Hashem in a way that I didn't have a Hasaga is also traumatic. Because it shatters what I've come to know previously. And it opens me up to a new reality that I didn't know previously. The Arizan, we've spoken about this numerous times. The Arizal, when talking about the loftiest level of creation of the world, of the spheros and the partsufim. He discusses the world of Atik Yoimin of the ancient days, something that is so far removed from our consciousness that it appears to be utterly ancient. And that place is also the place of Resha de Lois Yadda, the unknowable head. And what the Arizal teaches us, based on Rav Chaim Vital's writings in Eitz Chaim and Shar Yud Gimel and Shar Arich, is that in truth, there's something referred to as the sveikos of racial lois yada. There are certain doubts, certain uncertainties that are associated with the loftiest place of keser. Not only that, but Rav Chaim Vital, after recording all of these five doubts that the Arizal had, he writes, V'yesh od sveikos bago, there are many more doubts that I have, but I haven't merited them yet. All of the Mikubalim, the Ramchal, the Tomei Chaim Zachu, the Balasulam, Tzamach Tzedek, all of them ask, what exactly is this language of schus, of being meritorious of doubt? Doubt is the negation of certainty. So I understand that there's a reality of doubt, but what does it mean to be zoiche, to merit doubt? 
And the way that Rav Yitzchak Maya Morgenstern Shlita and all of the Tzadim explain it is that these Sveikos are not a suffix, they're not a doubt because I don't know. They're a doubt because I can't know. I'm in doubt, I'm uncertain, not because certainty exists and I just haven't reached it yet, but in truth, there is no certainty. All there is is emuna. Emuna hu hadveikos, as the Toldos Yaakov Yosef writes. Belief and connectivity are one and the same thing. In the moment that I lean myself into the unknown and I allow myself to transform my doubts into a delicate type of faith that allows me to traverse the abyss each and every step that I walk, creating the ground as I walk, that is Dveikus. Dveikus is living in a world of uncertainty and saying, you're in charge, I give it over to you. And in that way, the Sveikos and the uncertainty that are born out of those traumatic realities of our lives, over the uncertainty in our lives, over the instability of our lives, it gives birth to faith, as opposed to trying to procure for ourselves or secure for ourselves a certain type of certainty of substance abuse, of certainty abuse. At the core of many gestures and impulses of addiction is a desire for a certainty that is inaccessible to the human being in this world. There's a Misa with the Rebbe of Baruch of Mezhbush, the grandson of the Baal of Akadosh, that a student came to his door very late at night and started banging on his door, banging on his door. And Rav Baruch woke up and he answered the door and he said, what's wrong? And the student said, Rabbi, Rabbi, I've come to Shar Hanun. I've come to the 50th gate of Kfira, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to move forward. So the Rebbe of Baruch held his hand and he said, me too, let's traverse it together. The tzaddikim teach us that the doubts, the uncertainty, the not knowing, Adarava, it's not a sign of Kfira, it's not a sign of trauma, it's not a sign of not knowing enough. It's the birthplace of Amunah. And the traumas of our lives, may they be the slightest traumas imaginable, are simply an opportunity for us to nod once again at the reality that the only thing that's certain in this world is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then we can lean into the doubts and transform them into the sipo ka'amiti, into satisfaction and the recognition that only HaKadosh Baruch Hu is certain. And I don't need certainty. I can float. A Jew can float in uncertainty. The entirety of Gemara comes to teach us that. The entire encounter with Torah Shabal Peh that a human being encounters is learning to live with doubt, learning to live in a world of lies, learning to live in a world of stealing, learning to live in a world of uncertainty and learning how to be okay with it. Learning how to say teku, learning how to say it's okay, I have no idea, but Elio Anavi knows. Learning to lean into the uncertainty and to recognize that the only kernel of certainty that exists in all things is the Nekudah Kadesh Baruch Ezra Sashem, what we're going to discuss next week is the process of recovery from trauma and what it means to live with a certain type of amuna, a post-traumatic amuna, the recognition that our faith has always already been post-traumatic because amuna is only possible out of separation. And once we learn that the separation is not a difficult thing, but rather the very birthplace and the very site of our encounter with reality, we learn how to walk and to dance within the divide of truth and untruth, Bezra Sashem. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. 
For more from the Chef of Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. 